Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to a special edition of On the Fin Side. Here it's Wednesday afternoon. For those of you that are tuning in thinking that you're going to be listening to our live show here on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, that show has been moved to Wednesday night, tomorrow, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. Kat is not going to be joining us today. He will be on tomorrow night when we host our first and final full first-round mock draft. Joining me today, of course, is Paul Pickin, Jr., Today we are going to be on here as part of the New Dolphins Media uh, Outreach. I guess you could call it an outreach program for us amateur guys here. Uh, we will be interviewing Terrence Fade, who will be joining us uh, anytime within the next uh, hour or so. In the meantime, we're going to talk a little bit about Terrence Fade. Paul, for, in 2014, the Miami Dolphins drafted Terrence in the seventh round, small college, Marist College out of New York. Uh, he... Has got he's got more opportunity to play uh, in 2015 as he did um, prior to uh, him his rookie season. How would you characterize Terrence's play on the field so far through his NFL career? Well, I actually want to just step back real quick on that. It's when 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 they, when they first drafted today, we all looked at it and kind of scratched our heads because they were pretty thick at the defensive end position. But I know during his rookie year, um, he got a few opportunities and surprised a lot of us with what we saw out of him. And, and I've been pleasantly surprised, and I know he's a guy that we've talked a lot about on the show this offseason with the departure of Olivier Vernon, et cetera, as somebody that can step in and, and really fill a void. Cam Wake's relegated to more pass-rushing specialists at this, at this point, which is a good role for him. He, he thrived in it last season. And then you've got Mario Williams on the other side. So there's going to be somebody in the rotation that's really stepping in a lot. And I don't see why Fidei can't be that guy. Well, last year he had 107 snaps on defense against the run and 107 snaps against the pass defensively. Uh, so 214 snaps total in the season. I would expect in 2016 for him to see an increased role or at least more playing time. I'll ask him about that. Um, when I look at what Terrence Fidei's done, I'm more impressed with uh, the way he comes off of the edge, the way he holds the edge, which some defenders don't do in the NFL, uh, especially for a young kid out of a small college. He's obviously making adjustments to the NFL. He's only been in the league for two years. Um, I, I know a lot of people harp it to small college, it's a small college, but there's a lot to be said about NFL players coming from these small colleges that for the first time, get an opportunity to face these big college prospects in the NFL, these guys that have been doing it for years. And I think he's really kind of holding his own, which is good. I suspect that we're going to see, as I said, increased playing time from him this year. And the Dolphins need to know what they've gotten him. Cameron Wake's on the final year of his contract. He refused to restructure. There's still talk that the Dolphins are either going to go back to the table with him, see what they can work out. And there's even rumors out there that come draft day, the Dolphins might entertain options of trading him, which again would put more focus on Terrence Fade. Yet, Paul, there's still a lot of talk out there that the Dolphins are going to address the defensive end position in the draft this year. 
And they very well might. I don't think that's something that's going to happen early. You may see a late round uh, in terms of deep, of a defensive end, similar to what we saw with Fidet, somebody to come in and learn for a year or two while getting a limited role that increases as they show they deserve that increased role. But I don't think you're going to see them go early. Defensive ends are pretty strong position for them, even though Cameron Wake and Mario Williams are in their 30s. Uh, and there's a lot of other holes to fill. So, Outside of a late-round pick, I, I don't see them going to the defensive end here. So the Dolphins have uh, a couple of other defensive ends that they've brought in as well. There's some talk that they're going to bring in Jones from Detroit. They've interviewed him twice or hosted him twice in Miami. Um, so it gets kind of interesting to see what direction – uh, the Dolphins will go once this draft starts. Uh, I know I was going over mock drafts today. Some people have Shaq Lawson going to Miami at 13. There's always the possibility that the Dolphins could trade back as well uh, if the player that they're coveting or want isn't available at 13, in which case defensive end might come into play. I don't think that drafting a defensive end really hurts Terrence Fidesz, uh, uh playing time, I should say, at all in this because of the fact that uh, there's options available for him to increase his role with the Dolphins, so to speak, as the, uh, as the season wears on. Well, if the Dolphins do go in the first round of the defensive end, it, it could hurt a lot of folks' um, roles in the defense. It, it may impact today's role. Uh, I, and unfortunately with Wake – and Mario Williams there, he, he's the more likely candidate that it could impact because of the fact that with a first-round pick, you are pressured to get that player into the system and get him in fast. Look at what we saw with Devontae Parker last year. Uh, even though the Dolphins had a good wide, wide receiving core, people were flipping out that, that Parker wasn't on the field early, even when he was returning from injury. So, it's something that when you pick somebody in the first round, you need to see them out there the first year, or you're going you're gonna to get a lot of head scratching from a lot of folks on that pick. You will, um, obviously, but if you have the opportunity to to maybe fix your defense, and let's face it, I mean Mario Williams is basically on a one year contract with the Dolphins this year. Um, it, there's a, a, another option year, obviously. Cameron Wake is a question mark. We don't even know if he's going to come back from his Achilles injury at 100. percent So you have to really start looking at the future of this team, and if you have an opportunity to take a top defensive end prospect in this draft when the rest of your, uh, maybe your other options, your top options aren't available, you really have to do it. The Dolphins signed Andre Branch this year through free agency. Uh, They brought in another guy that I really like, Cleon Lang from the CFL. And that's a guy that could turn some heads this year as well. And if he can produce like he did in the Canadian Football League, similar to what Cameron Wake was able to do, the Dolphins may be able to find their future from what they've got on their roster right now, which, as you said, then eliminates any need to draft a defensive end in really any of the top four or five rounds. Yeah, and another thing that we need to look at um, is we may learn before the NFL draft what the rough future for Deion Jordan is with this team. Um, in terms of the NFL's allowance based on the suspension. So there's a lot of chips in the air here. Um, And and quite frankly, I'd be very surprised unless somebody ridiculous falls out of the top five or six to see the Dolphins go DE uh, at 13. But like you said, there are trade-down scenarios. 
But even in those, I, I think there's other areas in need where you look at not just the immediate future, but also the long-term future for this team that they could plug some holes that, that, that fit both of those scenarios a lot more than drafting a defensive end in the first round will do right now. What do you think Terrence Fade is going to be able to learn from Mario Williams? I mean, a lot of people will say, well, you know, he, he should have learned something from Olivier Vernon, but Vernon had only been in the league a year longer than what Fade was. And granted, you know, he was a second round draft pick. So there was a little bit more seasoning to him. He came from obviously a bigger school. Mario Williams has been in the NFL for quite a while. He's proven to be a stellar defensive end. Last year was the exception, obviously, when Rex Ryan came into Buffalo and changed things up on the defense. But what do you see Terrence Fade? If you were Terrence Fade, a young player going into your third year, what would you look at from Mario Williams to kind of maybe tailor some of your game and maybe the way that you uh, prepare for the game? I actually think Mario Williams is going to be one of the best things to happen to Terrence today. I like Cameron Wake a lot. I, I think we all do, and anybody listening probably does as well. Um, Olivier Vernon uh, was almost a specialist in his role. So I think that um, essentially he can learn a little bit about some of the tips and tricks that Mario Williams has in terms of being able to set the edge against the run, where you saw some of the more top-tier guys outside of Derek Shelby were more pass-rushing specialists and guys that could come in um, and really impact the quarterback in the passing game, whereas Mario Williams is a lot more complete defensive end and somebody that sets the edge well against the run, um, is able to go out and, and rush the passer on passing downs, and he's really a very complete defensive end. He did have a down year last year. but I really think that he's a guy that can help Terrence a lot in terms of being a more complete defensive end and some of the tips and tricks that he uses to do so. Um, another guy that, that I think probably uh, impacts today's role this season is Derek Shelby and his departure because Shelby was the guy that would step in in a role that was very similar to what I see for today this year. Um, sometimes sliding inside on passing downs, uh, being out there on first and second down and, and, and swapping out with Wake for, for passing situations. So there's a lot of different things that uh, we can look at with this and things that, that I think that the Dolphins can do here with Fidei. Um I know you mentioned the first round as a possibility for a defensive end. With um, that being the case, if they did go defensive end, I don't see anybody that's going to be following the 13 that would be a fit for the scheme here with the Dolphins. Um, you know, Shaq Lawson's a guy that could come in, and it just it doesn't make any sense here. The Dolphins have some question marks in the linebacking court. They've got some question marks in the secondary. Filling those holes in the secondary for the Dolphins is something that will allow – the defensive line as a whole to look better. Uh, it, it's a lot of people forget the fact that the defensive line for this for an NFL team or for any level team, um, being good at rushing the passer makes the secondary look better. They also and, and vice versa, the secondary being out there, being able to cover for three, four, five, six seconds, and and shut people down, knock receivers off routes 
and delay the quarterbacks, um, impact the running game, really allows that defensive line to to feast and, and be able to get off their blocks and have the chance to get in there and, and really disrupt the situation. So there's a lot of things with that that I really see there. Um, but, again, as far as Mario Williams, I, I do think that he's a guy that comes in and really – helps him complete his game as, as a complete defensive end and not just a specialist. Yeah, absolutely. Um, quick note, uh, for, we're going to actually wrap up our show here. We're going to edit this part out. Um, this, Paul, you and I, we know that we're live right now, but really this is going to be a recorded, and, and in fact, I don't even know why I'm talking like this right now. Um, I just talked to the Miami Dolphins. Terrence is actually going to call in at 1 o'clock, um, which is – We've got a lot of space here. I scheduled this uh, for an hour and a half, thankfully. So what we're going to do is you and I are going to just sit here. We can bullshit. We can do whatever. And then we're going to edit out that first part and then clip in the interview at 1 o'clock. I'm going to clip out the interview uh, itself from 1 um, to 110. Uh, They're only wanting 10 minutes, so we're allotted only 10 minutes because then he's got team meetings. Uh, So... Hey, take a break, relax, go get some coffee. Well, for those of you that are listening live, you shouldn't be listening to us live because we're supposed to be on the air tonight. Um, If you're listening to us by mistake because you climbed on the archives, you're listening to a dead show, man. Click off, go to the archives, listen to our show, and and we'll be all set there. So um, So listen to the whole hour of us sitting here. Come on, guys. (laughs) You can do that. You got nothing better to do. Um, So anyways, yeah, kind of. Kind of threw me for a loop. I was told it was going to be twelve originally, and then maybe twelve thirty. But now we've been. Hey, this is this is the way it is. It's uh, going to be one o'clock. He'll be calling in. They were just confirming that the number was active, and uh, so now we're 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 good. So what we'll do, like I said, Paul, we'll, we'll just uh, clip out that first part, and um, we'll add it into our own audio. They only want the ten minutes mm-hmm. that he's on, so we'll edit that out as well. And then I will. I'm going to take care of the editing on that. Throw up a couple of uh, of um, articles on two sites with that interview, and then the Dolphins will have it go live as well. Perfect. So, um, so guess anyway, we'll while, while we're hanging out, while we're hanging out here, um, I went ahead and posted on our site uh, the the mock draft results from last week with myself and Cat. I know we we added in your picks as well because you weren't able to be on the show last week. Um, any thoughts looking looking at that mock draft that we had? Uh, I know you and I had a couple of similar picks. Uh, you and Kat had a couple of similar picks, but then we we all kind of had where we looked at the same positions and needs and and kind of filled those a little bit. So, what what are your thoughts looking back at that? Um, I don't know. I mean, personally, when I look at some of the mock drafts that are out there, mainstream fan mocks, uh, draft centric, uh, websites, you know, I think everything comes down to everybody has an opinion or a ranking of where a player is going to go. You've got Artie Burns going in the second. I've got him going in the third. Um, a lot of people have him going, but sometimes somewhere between where you picked him and where I did, um, same thing with Cody Whitehair. I took Cody Whitehair in a second. A lot of people believe that he's going to be gone in maybe the 
five picks before any time in between there. Um, so it's really, I mean, it's a mock draft. Everybody's got differing opinions on, on where they're going to go. I do disagree with you and Kat in terms of the Dolphins drafting two running backs this year. Um, <clears throat> I think with the additions of Isaiah Peed, um, Damian Williams coming back, uh, obviously Jay Ajayi. Hey, I know they signed somebody else too, and I can't remember who it was, but. Um, <clears throat> Daniel Thomas guy? Yeah, Daniel Thomas guy. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I don't think they're going to take two running backs. In fact, I would be surprised if they took one earlier than the fifth round. And, and Tyler Irvin's a guy that I like, and I, I think he's somebody that can be electric in the return game, which I think is something that they need to look at. they got to get Jarvis Landry out of the return game, in my opinion. And if you've got a guy like um, Irvin who can go in there – and take over those roles, I think it would be pretty good. You know, the, the other thing, too, is, is I don't know exactly when you guys did your mock, um, <clears throat> but the Rams trade really kind of put everything into a spin because now if you look at it, there's a possibility that, that you know, one of those top ten guys that they a lot of people didn't think were going to move down suddenly are going to move down. Um, Vernon Hargreaves is a guy that I see in a lot of mock drafts right now dropping out of the top 10, uh, possibly to 13. And I think if Hargreaves is there, I think that changes really a lot of things for the Dolphins and what they're going to do, because I think he's obviously the number one cornerback on the board outside of Ramsey, who's really more of a safety projection in the NFL. And you look at uh, you look at the rest of them, Eli Apple, there's some concerns. Mackenzie um, Alexander, I've seen a lot of people starting to move him down, even into the second round. Kendall Fuller gets a, a good report from his medical, but is that enough to jump him up into the top 15? I'm not so sure. William Jackson, he's making a push up into the top 15. It's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of shakeup there, and it really is going to depend on where teams go. Tampa Bay is a, a possible landing spot for, for Hargreaves. So, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there for sure. Yeah, I, I know for me, and, and this is something that you're going to hear me beat the drum on, luckily only for another two weeks and then, yet again next year. Um, I don't see a huge difference value-wise between the players that are going to be there at 13 and, say, somewhere between 17 and 20. So if if any of those players, like you mentioned, do slide to 13, I still love the idea of Miami making one or two trades back in that in that top 20 or 25 players and adding an additional second rounder, adding an additional third rounder. Because I think the talent for, like, the guard position – say, outside of, say, maybe Cody, Cody White here, is really in the third and fourth rounds um, this year, which offensive guard, for whatever reason, has been a position that slides in the draft now. Yeah, you know, I'm not exactly opposed to that. When I look at the players that are available at 13 and then I look at the players that are available mid-20s, <clears throat> I'm not – I don't see a, a grand difference there. Um, maybe if a Hargreaves is available at 13, I think that's probably a good choice. You can get Reggie Ragland maybe around 17, 18. Uh, you look at Eli Apple projected in the 20s um, for the most part. Uh, Kendall Fuller, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, those are guys that – very well could be sitting there uh, later on in the first round. And if you can move down and add another second round pick, depending on how far you drop back, I think you should do it because like you said, there's opportunities in the second round to add muscle to your team. And with the needs that this team has, I think you need to really examine that. Mike Tannenbaum is a guy who has 
consistently made draft day trades. And I suspect that we're going to see the Dolphins do exactly that. He's hit on some. He's made trades to move back up into round one to get guys like Nick Mangold. He's moved up to get Daryl Rivas. Uh, He made the mistake of moving up to get Mark Sanchez, but it was a bold move. And a lot of people thought Sanchez could be the guy in New York. Uh, and so you don't know what he's going to do, but the one thing that, that he can do is make moves. You know, it's funny last night I was sitting up and was just kind of flipping through channels and came across draft day, the Kevin Costner movie. And and while it's so unbelievably out of this world scenario, um, with the draft trades that he made, I kind of laughed while I watched it and went, these are kind of the moves that I could see Mike Tannenbaum making this year in terms of moving up, moving down, moving back, you know, moving back into the second, moving out of the second, moving back into the third. Um, and I think he's going to look at that and see value and go, I'm not opposed to moving picks that I've got next year or maybe moving a player or two. He moved John Abraham uh, on draft day. There's players on this team that he may try to move. Like I said earlier, when you look at Cameron Wake, if he finds a taker for Cameron Wake that's going to get him draft picks, I don't. I would not be the least bit surprised to see him pull that trigger. I don't think he will get that because you're not going to be able to do a medical on on Cam Wake in the middle of a draft. So I, I think that's kind of uh, prohibitive. But if a team says, hey, you know what, I really think that this guy's going to um, going to return from an Achilles injury, it would happen middle of the season. He's on pace. He's working out. You know, maybe they take a, a flyer on that. I don't think it'll be in the first round. But I got to tell you, Paul, if I'm if I'm the Dolphins, I'm like Tannenbaum, and I'm sitting there in the second round, and somebody says, hey, we'll give you our second round pick for Cam Wake. I'm seriously going to take it. I'm not even going to consider it. I'm going to do it. Um, diving right in. Line of it, I, I, I'd have to see where the board is at, and exactly what the Dolphins would be looking at with that. Um, and, and it's going to vary for me depending on what they do in the first round. It, it's do I see scenarios where Cam White could get traded? Yes. Um, it's that's something that I think we've talked about on the show for about a year and a half now. I, I know it's not the popular opinion. I know he's a fan favorite. I know he's a guy that takes a lot of the younger players under his wing, and I'll still be a fan of Cam Wake no matter where he goes. Well, I hope he does well if it's New England or the Jets, if that happens. Not as much. Um, but I think he's a guy that, that you have to give value to get value, essentially. Um, and I think he's one of those valuable pieces that if you can fill another need or two and still have a Terrence today and a Mario Williams and, and maybe a Deion Jordan if he's got his head on straight and a few others, you're not ridiculously thin at the position. You've got to take from a strength in these scenarios to be able to add strength to another area. Um, so, yeah, it's a very realistic possibility. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, like you said, there's only nine days and hours now before uh, before the draft. And <clears throat> a lot of things can obviously happen. Um, so I guess we will we'll see. <laughs> we still got <laughs> – 38 minutes before he calls. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about the draft because that's our show for tomorrow night. Those of you that are listening live, you get all this bonus content for free because it is not going to be available by the end of the day because um, you're going to have to sit there and listen to all of this if you want to hear the Terrence Fiday interview tonight. Um, we're going to chop it up. Um, it'll be on MiamiDolphins.com, and this is really only for those of you that are happen to be straggling in here right now. Um, 
But uh, <clears throat> um, a couple things the Dolphins – I'm going to read this to you. This is from the Dolphins, and they're released to us from, from Terrence. Uh, it says, Terrence Fidei has been busy working out since the start of the calendar year to give himself the best possible chance to have a successful 2016 season. For the Dolphins, defensive end is also uh, thinking long-term, specifically beyond his playing career, and that's been a part of his offseason. We'll talk to him about that, obviously. He's spending time at the University of Maryland, working in their athletic department as part of, the, of their third annual NFLPA externship. That's something. Tell me a little bit about that, because I, I don't know anything about it, and I know that when you bring it up, I'd like to have a little bit of, of knowledge in terms of what you're asking him. What exactly is that program? Do you know? So – Basically, what the externship program is, um, it's a program that the NFLPA uh, puts out there for players to set themselves up for after the NFL. Because, let's face it, the average NFL career is something like three to three and a half years. Um, and, yes, players make a lot of money in a short window of time. So if they're lucky, they're there for 12 to 15 years. But you and I both know how many players have been on this roster for 12 to 15 years. John Denny? Um, and so these, these guys really need that long-term plan. Um, and what they do is they take existing NFL players and they outplace them essentially in uh, a program. So say Terrence Fidei is, is working over in the athletic department for the university of Maryland. He's actually getting real world experience and feedback. And, uh, and basically it's almost like an intern, um, working for their, their department. And, setting himself for his career after the NFL, something that not every player does. We, we see a lot of situations where a player retires and then just kind of goes, uh, what now? Uh, and I love the fact that they have this as, as it's something that helps these guys later on in life, helps them taste what they, they've done, but then go from there. Because let's face it, if you retire in your 20s, you probably are going to need to work again and not just sit around the house going, uh, well, the new Madden released. So that's my highlight. Um, and, and it's, it's a great program for these kids. Yeah. I think I'd spend my days watching game of Thrones over and over again. Oh wait, I already do that. Um, <laughs> I can't help it. Huge fan. Um, let me ask you this question, uh, since we're just kind of killing time, and I want, want your opinion on it. When you look at the concussion stuff that's going on in the NFL right now, the uh, appeal process was just denied by the uh, by the circuit uh, circuit court of appeals. My question is, and this is kind of where I've kind of gotten into a lot of arguments with fans who's who support the players. Sadly, I support the owners. Um, it's a business, and you know you make a decision to play in the league. But, but my question is, do you think that the NFL should have the players sign some some form of waiver before they can play to say, hey, look, this is a possibility for you. You cannot come back and sue us because you're making a decision, an informed decision that you could suffer CTE damage to your brain um, through the course of playing in your career. And, and kind of eliminate it because players are saying, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, now you know, and yet you're still playing the game. To me, that's saying I'm willing to risk myself, but then you shouldn't have the opportunity a decade from now to see the NFL. And I kind of liken this to smoking cigarettes. 
you smoke. You know it's bad. When you're sitting in, that, in, in your room and you're coughing up your lungs because you've been smoking for 15 years, you can't sit there and say, smoking isn't bad for me, but yet you choose to do it. You shouldn't have a right to sue the tobacco companies because there's chemicals in there that are harmful to you. You're an idiot for starting. And I say that as somebody who used to smoke. Right. And, and I think they do have certain liabilities built into their contracts at this point. Um, is it perfect? No. Um, and even when they have those warnings, depending on the scenario, people can come back and make a case. But I, I think at this point in time, anybody that knows anything about football knows you can get concussions. Um, it's well documented out there what the long-term effects are, such as CTE, et cetera. And, and while this is a horrible, serious thing, like you said, at this point, you're making the decision to do that. And you can't come out and say, well, I needed to support my family, so I had to play in the NFL. No, no, you didn't. Chris, Chris Borland from the 49ers, he retired, I think, in his second season after being an all-defensive all rookie. Um, I believe he might even made the all-pro team. Um, I don't have the facts right in front of me here. And he walked away and paid back a portion of his signing bonus for doing so. Um, and you have that option. It's not the only thing out there. You've got a college education as part of getting to the NFL in most scenarios. Uh, you really have to take that into account when it comes to this. And it's hard to give people a leg to stand on when they're like, oh, I know I chose to do this, but not my fault. Mm, okay. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, it's just just a thought. I want to go over some questions real quick uh, for 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 day with you. Um, as we, I, I've been kind of trying to mark what ten minutes actually feels like as we've been talking, because that's really going to be our time time limit, and um, we don't know how long he's going to comment. So he could comment for you know a minute and a half on on a question. He could ramble or something. You could ramble, and we'll be off our mark. So let's, um, going over the questions, uh, I'm going to do the quick introduction, um, be done with that. Uh, you can ask him about the, uh, about the, the, the draft process. <clears throat> I wouldn't follow up on that at all and just leave it alone. Um, cause we're going to try and unless, stuff as well. uh, I was going to say, um, unless he comes out with some real key nugget there, I just think it should be a standalone answer from him. So that's fine. <laughs> All right. Um, some for some reason, I think I just deleted it. Did I delete the whole damn thing? Why do I get the feeling like I deleted everything? Okay, there. Thanks All right, for I'm not get... listening to us delete everything. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, man. I'm not going to fill an hour of. of... <clears throat> I don't have. Come on, you, you and I, I could get... talk football for an hour. You know we can. Prep... It's still have content for tomorrow. I didn't prep enough to talk about Terrence today for an hour. Um, so <laughs> well, talk about our on the uh, talk about our on the pin side site. Where can people go to read up on things and get these get, get these wonderful radio shows that we put together? Well, that's great. Except it's only really designed for if you're listening live, you're going to get this. If you're listening to it on the archives, it's not because it's going to be gone. Because um, I'm editing all of this stuff out. This this last out, you're getting like the hour of. When we finished our intro a while ago to when he calls in, this is going to be on. It's, it's like non-existent. It's, gonna, it's not even going to be in a cloud. It's going to pull it. 
it's just going to be gone. It's like evaporated. Um, but for those of you that are live, onthefence.com is live now. You can go to it, www.onthefence site, of course. We're going to be completely changing the way we host these shows in the future. Um, we're going to be doing segmented stuff that's going to be pre-recorded and show up on our site throughout the course of the week. So no longer will you have to sit through a two-hour live show to hear just what you want to hear. Now you're going to be able to click on it, listen to maybe 10 or 15-minute segments, um, <clears throat> and, and be able to, to, to pick and choose what you listen to, which is going to be more convenient for you. Um, more work for us, but that's okay. Um, there will be live shows intermittently uh, thrown in through the course of our week, so we haven't quite figured out how we're going to approach that, but we will figure out a way. Uh, for those of you who like to be interactive with the shows, we're going to ask that you, you give us um, you know, emails. If you've got questions, if you've got something, a topic that you want to discuss, we're going to have all of that laid out for you uh, on onthefinsight.com. Uh, in the coming weeks and months, we're going to be using the off season to really kind of mold this site into a standalone uh, news outlet, opinion outlet, our podcast, our live broadcast, everything, kind of a one-stop shop uh, format. We're going to be promoting some of the other radio shows that are out there uh, as well for you. And in the process, we're also going to be promoting some of our own sites as well through there so we can give you the most information that you can possibly need. Um, so make sure that you check that out. Right now, it's fluid, but it's live, and you can't beat a live site. Um, what you could do is, is save it to your favorites. Watch for it on Twitter. It'll be auto-generated here shortly so that new information, um, when a new article posts, you're going to be notified of that um, when that happens via Twitter. Uh, follow us, of course, at On the Fin Side on Twitter and like our Facebook page as well. And uh, there, there you go. That's our site. <clears throat> We've also got a really special treat tomorrow night um, at the beginning of our show. Uh, our intro music. Don't Monday give it night away. Don't give it away. Don't I'm give it away. Shut up. Our, our Monday night football <laughs> intro music is no longer going to be played. We've got something lined up for you, and something that's all new. all we're going to say about it. <laughs> it's new I'm not going to tell you who it's by I'm not going to tell you what it is And I'm not going to give you any teaser clips It's you Just tune in tomorrow night 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 o'clock Central To hear uh, our new intro music And, and that's all you need to know um, I, I will say that uh, It's fantastic You're going to love it I know I loved it um, So anyways we still have, hey, look at that. We're under a half hour now. We're 26 minutes away from Terrence Fiday giving us a call. So, rock on. This almost feels oh, like, uh, for, for our listeners, this has to feel like that 26 minutes right before the draft where all the analysts are kind of sitting there like, oh, no, we just talked about everything. And, you know, you watch them still talk about stuff, but at the same time going, get to the draft, get to the draft. We're doing the same thing yeah. in our interview with Terrence. Yeah. It, it I'm excited like for it. But we don't have a green room that we can cut to and, and say, and there's, you know, there's uh, Carson Wentz sitting in the green room waiting for his name to be. How many times do you hear that during a, a live draft cast? Brady <laughs> Quinn, I swear, Brady Quinn and Aaron Rodgers had to have had that mentioned the most 
There's a, we're going to cut to the green room where Aaron Rodgers is waiting to have his name called. We're going to cut to the green room where Aaron Rodgers is waiting to have his name called almost after every single pick because there's only so much you can cover. And, and the worst part about these draft shows, um, I mean, we all watch them. But by the time that the first round's over, it's like nobody really cares. Second round comes and goes. Everybody's like, okay, we're still interested. By the third round, they're going back to do interviews with the players that were drafted on day one. Maybe a couple of players at the top of, of round two. The rest of the time, you're watching the, the picks being scrolled down a screen going, who did they take? Who did they take? Who did they take? And inevitably, Paul, they always cut when the Dolphins select. I swear, it's not a joke. Every time. Every year. And, and the funny thing is, and, and I think you remember this, a couple of years ago, the last year it was in New York at Radio City, I went up for day three, um, which, you know, it was my first time actually attending the draft. And even live, even live, you're struggling to, to find out who the hell anybody picked because they just kind of throw it out there. It's almost like, oh, yeah, we're just reporting it well after the fact. So they were well behind it up there, and there were times where my Twitter feed was going off, and I was finding out from that before I could even find out being there live who anybody picked because they just hadn't gotten it to it yet. And occasionally somebody would stroll out to the podium and go, yeah, hey, guys, woo, we're just out here for this little encore real quick. Uh, these guys selected this guy and then walked away. Um, the, the only real hoopla they had during the entire day three in terms of somebody walking up to the podium and – having this huge selection was when Michael Sam got drafted. Um, but which I totally didn't understand, but it was weird because you expect to sit there, listen to these picks announce somebody walking up to the podium, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But during day three, that doesn't exactly happen that way. And it was very odd to see, even though I wouldn't trade the experience of going up there for the world. I w- in some ways I wish it was still there so I could go ahead and go up and attend this year. Yeah, uh, you know, I I know Cat went to it last year in Chicago. He said it was fantastic. I think Chicago did a really good job with the way that they incorporated <clears throat> the fans into the draft. But to be honest with you, telecast-wise, I wasn't overly impressed. I didn't see a marked difference in terms of uh, how they presented the picks compared to how they presented them in New York. Um but I, there was aspects of it that I did like. There was aspects of it that I didn't. I just think that they really need to figure out how to market the day two and day three selections. I really think the NFL, I know they're, they're probably making a boatload of money off of this, but they need to go back to the two-day format where it's an all-day Saturday event. Um, you know, you have your first two rounds on Friday night um, and then go to Saturday or just do Saturday and Sunday again. This this Thursday night thing I think is a little bit ridiculous. It, they tried it. Yeah, I, I realize you're, you're kind of eating up prime time and that's great for your marketing, but – Overall, I just think they're doing a disservice to the general fan base, and and I I think that's a problem, especially when these drafts can last. You know, round one could last three and a half, four hours sometimes. I think one year it lasted almost five. Um, You know, and and they've got to be – They've got to be cognizant of that. These announcers from ESPN and NFL Network's just as bad. They need to be more prepared to give you the picks as they're being selected instead of making people wait because people get bored. I know for a fact that on on Saturdays, I tune out. Uh, I'll watch the third round. 
or maybe the or the fourth round. I, I can't. Yeah, the fourth round starts on Saturdays, and I'll watch part of the fourth round. And then by you know by the time I'm waiting for the fifth round to roll around. I'm like you, man. I, I'm jumping on Twitter, and I'm just watching to see who's being picked or watching a scrolling screen from NFL.com because it's just ridiculous. Everything that was said on day one is said on day two, is said on day three, again, and, and it's just too much. You've got different guys hosting on day three, but they're saying the exact same thing that we heard in the first two days. Right, and one thing I will say, and one thing I've heard a lot of folks say, obviously it's being edited out, but there is an alternative that I've I've heard a lot of Dolphins fans use, and even some non-Dolphins fans, uh, which a lot of folks have said to me over the past couple of years, they've actually muted the TV, kept it on for the video, and and listened to some on-the-fin-side draft special every uh, first or second round when when that's been up there. So, I mean... If, if that's got some good coverage for you that really lets you know, I wouldn't blame you a bit for muting the TV, keeping the video up, and, and listening to that. You're right, and we did. We we actually enjoyed some really good numbers the last two years by doing that. Once again, this year, we will be broadcasting the draft, the first two hours of the draft live. If the Dolphins trade back, we may not be live. We're only limited to, uh, to a, uh, a two-hour show, and we will start at 8 o'clock when the draft starts we're not going to do a half-hour uh, pre-show like we did in the past because of our time allotment changes. Um, but you will find us uh, 8 o'clock Eastern time for the full two hours uh, until the Dolphins pick. Um, <clears throat> depending on when – if the Dolphins pick at 13, um, you know, we like to kind of hang out a little bit and discuss the pick a little bit, obviously, maybe highlight some of the picks that come uh, into that point, because you never know if the Dolphins are going to trade back into round one. No promises if they do that this year. We may not be on the air. But like Paul said, mute your TV, pull us up on your computer, listen to what we're talking about, because ours is going to be Dolphins-centric, meaning we're going to be discussing how each pick uh, affects the Dolphins more specifically than how they – affect the other teams that drafted. I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. but And then on day two, on Saturday, we'll cover um, – uh, or, or on Friday, excuse me, Friday night, we'll cover parts of the draft as well, um, at least, again, through the first two hours, uh, depending on how quickly that goes. We may or may not get to cover all of the Dolphin selections on that day. Saturday, we will probably not be on the air simply because I won't have a voice by then. And – uh, you're going to be stuck listening to. It's so hard to get, Paul, information updates from day three as it happens. You could be a good 15, 20 minutes past your pick uh, before you even find out who it is. Right. It, it's and, and like you pointed out before, one of the things that we always seem to run into, especially after the first round, is these analysts are focused on specific teams or players. So the only updates you may get watching some of these these day two and day three selections that the Dolphins make are listening to Mike Mayock or whomever talk about, or Mel Kuyper or any of those guys really, talk about, you know, these three players over and over again that were picked on day one or maybe day two. Meanwhile, you get a little ticker at the bottom. Selection is in. Dolphins select. Yada yada yada. 
with their second round pick, Artie Burns, uh, things like that. Um, but you don't really get the deep insight a lot of times, unfortunately, from these guys because they're so busy spacing the picks out for TV timeouts <laughs> and this and that, and they, right. they fall so far behind uh, over the course of the three days. It's, it, it's amazing. Yeah, and it, it, it's funny because you watch, and it's like I keep waiting for the – these these are the my top ten guys that are still left on the board, and you get that a lot because all of a sudden you get like you said you get Mayox, you get Kuipers, you get you know um, whoever else happens to be up there uh, discussing it, and then as much as I, I, I you, there was a time where I really liked Chris Berman, he needs to retire. I'm done listening to this guy talk. It is just it's so it's so abusive to my ears anymore. Um, it's almost like he tries to stretch out everything that he says just to have that airtime. And a lot of it really isn't relative to what is going on currently with that particular time in the draft. So um, do you watch NFL Network or do you tend to watch uh, um, ESPN? <clears throat> um, being a Connecticut guy, I should be saying ESPN. Uh, typically, I predominantly keep it on NFL Network. Uh, I do flip back and forth, but at the same time, I, I, I definitely have a propensity to flip back and forth on the Dolphins select, hoping one of these two networks is actually going to cover a little bit just to get their interpretation of these guys. I know we look at these guys for months and months and months leading up to the draft. We, we piece things together. We do our mock draft exercises. So we have a lot of personal feeling about – this player and that player, but I always like getting the experts takes as well because it does kind of help mold. And it may bring up a nugget of information that we don't know about, such as if we drafted say a Tyler Higby in the fifth round in a mock draft and he happened to get arrested that same day. So, you know, there, there are little things like that. Who do you tend to listen to more in terms of, uh, of uh, expertise. Are you a Kuiper guy, a uh, McShay? Who do you follow? Um, I like McShay. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah actually has a lot of good info, typically. Uh, He usually has one or two that mystify me, but he makes up for it as well with with some insights on guys that I may not have been looking at. Uh, I mean, last year with, with Jeremiah, he was pointing out Byron Jones from from UConn long before anybody else was on the, on the Byron Jones hype train and before the combine. Um, Mayock's definitely good. Um, you know, a Kuiper, he's basically lost a step, but he's so well-known, like a Chris Berman, that he gets paraded out in front of people uh, when the time comes. So people go, oh, he's talking again, and, and, and just stare at the screen and take what he says as gospel from under his Darth Vader-like helmet. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when you think back to how the draft has evolved, you look at a guy like Kuiper, who is really the only one on network television that, um, or on any network, rather, that was able to provide information. And I find it funny because if you go back 10 years ago, Kuiper's got, he's the only person that's going to have contacts with teams, um, with players, with their agents, and that's all, it's all changed. Now it's, it's, you know, like you said, there's McShay and, and 
Jackson and and all these other guys, uh, Mayock, who now have put their fingers into this pie. And some some of these agents are going to go, well, you know, I'm not going to sit there and spend my time giving this information to to Kuiper. I'm a Mayock guy. He takes better care of me. He he talks better about my clients. So I'm going to throw my information to there. So now you've got a divide in the information to where Kuiper's not getting what he used to get. Mayock's getting more of it. These other guys are getting more of it. And, and you're right. He's kind of lost a step. Um, and I don't think he's as in tune with uh, the NFL as he used to be. Um, and I think some of these other guys have probably gotten more, um, more acclimated and more, and have developed more of a trust with some of the sources than what uh, were there in the past. Well, and and another aspect of that as well could be the NFL has gotten a lot more cerebral. Um, the game has changed over the past 20 years. And if he's still doing things the way he used to do things, he's not going to be as in tune. We see it with coaches all the time where they lose a step because they haven't adapted to the game as it is today. Um, and, and, you know, maybe that's the situation with, with, with Kuiper as well. I, I don't know. But a lot of times I, I kind of take the stuff from him at this point with a grain of salt, which is unfortunate because he is a founding father of what is draft analysis, essentially. Now, who do you listen to the most? All right, folks. Well, if you're listening live, obviously, like like Brian said, we're going to be editing this out. Um, but you do have the opportunity to go out, like our On the Fin Side page on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash On the Fin Side. You can like our Twitter feed, which is uh, at On the Fin Side on Twitter. Uh, you can follow our, our website, as, as Brian outlined earlier, on the com. You can also follow our hosts. Uh, you can follow me at fanatic underscore pick. You can follow Brian at TXMedic5, and you can follow Cat at BrianCat13. Uh, we'll post a lot of stuff out there. We'll also have a Twitter feed on, on our website, so you can follow all that stuff there. We're starting to do some questions to get a little more interactive out on our Facebook and Twitter feeds. So there's a lot of different stuff you can look at there. Welcome back. Oh, okay. I just gave out all our Facebook and Twitter info just in case people wanted to check it out. So we're good. Who do you follow in terms of draft info? Um, I'm kind of an NFL network person. I can't stomach um, Chris Berman anymore. The, problem, the, the bad part is, is I don't know if he's still on there this year or not. Um, I cannot stand Michael Irvin. I cannot listen to him. He drives me absolutely insane. What draft nope. coverage is he on? Because I can't remember. Is he on ESPN or is he on – I think he's on NFL Network, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he's I think that's that was – put his face on the air. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was my problem last year. Is I, I, it was like, who was the lesser of two evils? And I think I ended up watching more ESPN last year because I can at least roll my eyes and stomach Chris Berman to an extent anymore. Um, Michael Irvin, I cannot um, – I can't listen to the guy. At all. I will say, in terms of Chris Berman um, providing analysis, not a huge fan. As, as far as providing color commentary, the, the guy is an icon. Um, it's, he, he can sit there and, and keep entertained. He's something different from what most of these networks have on. Um, so 
I hope he stays on the air for a, a while longer, um, but not not too too long to the point where he's just a figurehead. Um, but again, having him provide deep analysis, not his strong suit. Nah, I I, I'll, I don't know. They both drive me nuts. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> All right, we got about uh, – we're down to 12 minutes. No, I'm sorry. Nine minutes. We're down to ni- nine minutes. <clears throat> we got 38 minutes left in this broadcast. Let's hope he's on time. Um debating on whether or not we should start the show again and clip it from here um, or <clears throat> edit and clip it from earlier it might be more difficult to to jostle it around no we'll just leave it the way it is for now I guess yeah if 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 he is late, we run into the archives, and I apologize to the folks listening if that happens. But, again, we're going to be clipping the audio here, so well, you should be able to clip it out of the, the media file anyway, and it will be up yeah. for folks to listen. <clears throat> Honestly, I mean, if you're listening, good for you. Um, you'll get a, an exclusive that uh, nobody else is going to get. Um, I hate to say this, but I hope nobody's listening. I kind of got the feeling from the Dolphins that they really didn't want it to be a live broadcast. I think they want they be on their same time that we put it up on ours. Uh, so, like I told uh, told them, our, our shows broadcast live when we do them, but it'll be archived and uploaded later after it's edited. So, I tried to explain to them, you know, if somebody happens to straggle into the show and happens to, you know, jump in to listen to an archived event, uh, there's not much we can do about it if they catch the live broadcast. But, um, and I did explain to him that uh, it's just kind of the way things are working at the present moment. So, um, right, and 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 we're not promoting this out yet, so it's not no, out on our Facebook page. It's not out on our Twitter account. So anybody, okay, we get a call. All right, hold on a second. Let me go to this caller here. So, like I said, it's we'll be editing this down after the fact. Um, we're very excited to have the opportunity to to chat with Terrence today here shortly. And I think this is him calling now. So uh, we're we're going to go silent until Brian gets back on the air with Terrence. So we have a logical editing point. Thanks for listening so far, guys. Yes, ma'am. We are ready. Okay. Here's Terrence. Thank you. Hello. <clears throat> Hi, Terrence. Um, this is – I'm Brian. Paul's with me. Uh, we're on the Finn side. I'm going to do a quick intro. Um, there'll be a brief pause so that I know where to cut it at, and then we'll get started. How's that sound? All right. Sounds good. All right. Great. Good afternoon. Welcome to On the Finn Side for this special way, uh, Tuesday edition of On the Finn Side. We are being joined today by Terrence Fiday, defensive end for the Miami Dolphins. Terrence, thanks for taking some time out of your day to talk with Paul and I and On the Finn Side. Hey, uh, just thank you for having me. I understand that you uh, just wrapped up workouts and you've got some uh, class time scheduled ahead of you, so we won't keep you too long. Uh, how are things looking down there for you right now with the new coaching staff, a new defensive coordinator in Vance Joseph? Things are looking good uh, as of right now. Right now we're in uh, phase one, and our main focus is to you know get stronger, bigger, and faster. And that's what we're trying to take care of right now as a, as a whole team. 
And right now, uh, Coach Dave Paloka is getting us right and getting us in shape for this upcoming season, and it's, it's going on uh, very well right now. So, Terrence, looking at the draft process, obviously it's a topic that's on everybody's minds with it being about nine days away. You were the first ever player drafted from, from Marist College. What was the general draft process like from you for you at a high level? And did you expect to go in the seventh round, or what was that like for you with the draft? Well, um, coming from a small school, I mean, with nobody ever being drafted, you know, it, it, it was a long shot, but, you know, I never let that hold me back. You know, I did what I could do on the field during my senior year. And, you know, after my senior year, you know, with, with pro day training, I didn't go to the combine. I didn't get invited to any all-star or senior bowl game. So my my big day was my pro day, and, you know, I trained my hardest for that. And uh, eventually I got drafted in the seventh round, and it was a great day for my family and a, a great day for our Marist football program. That's awesome. And, and coming into the NFL, uh, you've had the opportunity to learn from a lot of guys, such as Derek Shelby, Cameron Wake, and Dominican Sue, now Mario Williams. What has it been like, and what have you learned from each from those guys as you blossomed during your NFL career thus far? What I've learned from those guys, you know, is there's a lot of technique that you need to have when you're playing at this level because, you know, you're going against everybody who's at high caliber, but the thing that's going to separate you from the other guys is your technique. And if you get that down, you should be fine. And another thing that I learned from these guys is you got to put a lot of work in the film film area of the game you know you just got to be able to study your opponent you know break down their tendencies and there's just a lot more that goes into it and it's it's fun you know learning you know I'm still not done learning I learn something new every day and I continue to try and up my game Terrence there's a lot of question marks with Cameron Wake coming back from his Achilles injury his status future status with the team, with his contract. Do you feel any pressure at all to step up and elevate your game, to get more playing time, to possibly be that that error to his position, or Mario Williams is basically on a one-year, maybe two-year deal? Does that put any pressure on you to to elevate yourself, to, to put yourself in a position to become that full-time starter? I, I feel no pressure. You know, it's, it's just something that, you know, I – taken every year is that I need to get better so you know if someone's down it's the next man up that's how it is and you know we have great players on this team and I look forward to you know starting this season up with everybody being healthy so we're all looking good so that's that's the main focus right now Last year, you played 214 snaps, ironically, 107 against the run, 107 against the pass. Are you expecting 2016 to get more playing time? Uh, we'll see. Right now, that's that's the that's the plan. You know, get stronger and faster, and you know, work on my technique, and we'll see where it goes. It's up to the coaches at that point. But I'm going to do what I can do, and that's you know, putting the time in the work in the weight room, and putting the time on the field to get a lot more better. So, Terrence, your rookie year, um, you came in against Jacksonville, had your first sack, one of those big make your mark type of plays, and then later on in the season. You came in, had that walk-off blocked punt. What were those two big make-your-mark plays, and were there any others that really felt like I've arrived on the scene out of your rookie year? I mean, I, I still feel like I haven't arrived yet. You know, my rookie year is my rookie year. Those things happen. But last year, 
I felt that I didn't do that well, and I'm just looking forward to 2016. So we're I'm starting. We're all starting off brand new, and that's just the past right now. Sounds awesome. Um, one of the things that I know you're involved with, and we talked a little bit about before you joined the show today, is the NFLPA's externship program. It, it's a great yeah. program for young players and, and looking for the future. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what it means for you? Yeah, it was a good experience, a good opportunity for me to take advantage. You know, the NFLPA offers uh, externships for its uh, players for their off season, and you know we have a, a pretty long off season, so you know it's something that they advise us to do, and it was something that I, I wanted to do. So I was able to do an externship up at uh, the University of Maryland, working with that athletics department, and that's that's you know I don't I'm not too sure what I really want to do, but that was a that was a start. So I was able to network with the people at University of Maryland. I was able to see the ins and outs of what how our athletic department runs and you know it's just it's it, it was an excellent experience and i i'm looking forward to doing another externship next year with a different company that's awesome uh what, what specifically do they have you doing the externship program just because this is kind of a behind the scenes thing that a lot of fans don't see on a regular basis well it, it was uh there was a lot of things you know i was shadowing the the ad i was involved in meetings uh one one big topic that's going on in the, the NCAA is, is about time demand of students. And uh, I was able to participate in that meeting because as a college student, I was able to give my input of how it was when I was a player and I, when I was a student athlete, I should say. And, you know, they, they, they respected my uh, input, and that was something that I enjoyed doing. And there was other things like working with – you know, the ticket office, uh, working on, like, suites for the basketball games, and it was just a lot of things. I was able to do a lot with that program, and I, it was a good experience, and I would tell anybody, like, any rookies coming in, that they should you, they should really take advantage of what the NFLPA is offering us. Well, I, I know A.J. Francis would be jealous of the fact that you were back with his alma mater. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, I did get a chance to uh, meet up with him. He's over there uh, doing his – I think he's finishing up his master's, so good for him. God, that, that's impressive. I always love hearing that. Um, one quick thing, I know the Dolphins have a huge number of charity events during the year. Uh, I know having you on, on the air here, we want to give you a chance to promote anything you've been doing if you have stuff. I know you go, you've gone out in the community a few times with different things. I know they have the, the cycling challenge. Are there any charities or events that you have coming up that you want to make sure that fans know about and promote out there? As of right now, I do not. Uh, me and my agent are trying to work on something up in uh, New York, but that we don't have a set-in-stone date. But when I do figure that out, I'll, I'll be able to tweet that out, and uh, I'll put it on my social media for everybody to figure it out. Absolutely. Anything Let you us can do know to help with that. Yep. Anything Absolutely. we can do to help we'll, with we'll that, let sure us know. Absolutely. I got only got a couple more questions for you before we uh, let you go. Um, I did want to ask you, and I would be kind of remiss if I didn't. You've been around through the previous coaching regime. What kind of differences do you see in the short period of time that you've actually been interacting with the coaches between Vance Joseph, Kevin Coyle, and uh, of course Adam Gates and Joe Philbin? Well, um, like I said, uh, 2015. That's, that's in the past. Uh, we're, we're starting a brand new. You know our coaches, they're they're all in. You know we're 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 ready to turn this whole thing around. 
and we're just we're just looking forward to having a great season. You, they've trained you really good to to give that great you know company line there, and that's, that's, I like, that's what it is. I, though. I, it is. I'm letting I, you know is. that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's so true. Um, that's how we feel. That's good. And, and you know what? We, as fans, we, we look for that. I mean, a lot of people kind of throw that under the bus as a, as a throwaway question. But to have that mental acuity to, to approach every year singularly is great. I only got two more questions. They're pretty good, easy questions for you. Nothing that you have to worry about. I understand you rode a horse for the first time with, uh, with Zach. Oh, yeah. uh, how'd that go? Yeah. I didn't see a cowboy hat on your head. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a good experience. You know, I I've never gotten out to a farm before. Me being uh, from New York, and uh, Visual one day just came up to me and was like, "Yeah, I'm training horses." I thought he was joking with me. I was like, "I've never rode a horse. I would love to go out there and, and you know ride a horse." And he just invited me up there, and I was able to ride the horse. And it was a great experience. You know, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it was, but I I guess he trained those horses a lot better than I thought he did. And it was just a, a smooth ride and I enjoyed it. That was definitely fun to watch. Uh, it's up on Instagram. We'll have that, uh, that link up on our sites here shortly. Uh, anything else that you've got planned for the off season before you start getting into the full-time football work again? Uh, right now, uh, not, not, not anything right now. I mean, just, just working hard, grinding with the, with the fellows and, We'll see what happens. You know, we're we're all working hard together as one, and we're just looking forward to this upcoming season. My last question, and I ask this of everybody, even Tom Garfinkel didn't get away with not answering this question, so I'm going to pose it to you. <laughs> what right. is the most What is the most embarrassing song that you like to listen to, or <laughs> artist that you might get kind of ribbed for by your teammates? Uh, I'd have to say uh, Justin Bieber's uh, "Sorry." <laughs> yeah, I catch myself listening I, to that. <laughs> you know what? There's very few of you guys that'll actually be honest with those questions, and I love it. You are no, Justin Bieber, Terrence that's today, cool. Justin Bieber. <laughs> there we go. Terrence, <laughs> if I can get you to do one thing for me before I let you go, can you just say, "This is Terrence Fiday." Introduce yourself and who you play for, and you're listening to On the Fence Side. All right, this is Terrence Fiday playing for the Miami Dolphins, and this is the Finn. On the fin side. <laughs> on the fin side. All right. There's a bunch of – we had, a, like, a bunch of other uh, things, so I got a little bit mixed up. But thank you for having me. No problem, Terrence. Good luck to you this year. And uh, much success. We're hoping for a lot of success for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. That was Terrence Fiday from the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins on the clock 2016 NFL draft party – presented by Miami Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Institute, is a free event that is open to the public. On Thursday, April 28th, at Nova Southeastern University, the Dolphins want to invite you to come and enjoy the live insider analysis, current and former player autographs that you could get, interactive games, photo opportunities, concessions, and there are areas for you to watch the 2016 NFL Draft. You can register, pre-register, for a free ticket at MiamiDolphins.com or Dolphins.com. Tickets are available now. If you want to attend, and we highly recommend that you do, get on there and get your registration done now. Terrence Fiday, Miami Dolphins, thank you. And we will talk to somebody else again very soon. Paul, anything that you took away from what, uh, what Terrence was saying? 
Um, I, I really liked hearing that developmental process from Terrence. I, I really think that it was good hearing him say that he doesn't feel like he's arrived yet. It, it, it tells me that he's a hungry player that really wants to elevate his role, like, which is one of the things that we've talked about that we need to see from him going into 2016 is, is that step up to the next level. So it's good that he's got that self-awareness to, to, be, to be able to say that. Yeah, and I like that he's very humble. If you talk to a lot of players, there's a, a a certain element of maybe egotism, and some players need that. And then you look at a player like Terrence Fade, who is still grinding to stay on a roster. He's still learning the game. I love how he talked about the game film process. It's so much more than just going out on Sundays and lining up against a defense or an offensive tackle or a tight end and performing well. You have to be able to learn those intricacies of each player and how, you know, what their strong part game is and, and what their weaknesses are and then exploiting those. And I think that's something that, that he's cognizant of something that he's learning and taking away from this game. Uh, and especially guys like Olivier Vernon, uh, Mario Williams, Cameron Wake and Derek Shelby. Uh, so it's a very, very interesting process for him. I'm thankful that he took the time to share that with us. You've been listening to a special edition of On the Fence Side here on Tuesday. For those of you that have been tuning in tonight to listen to our live broadcast, it has been rescheduled for tomorrow, Wednesday, the 20th at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. On behalf of everybody here at Finside, On the Finside, we would like to thank you once again for being a part of our lives and our show. And a big thank you, of course, to the Miami Dolphins for allowing us this look inside their offices. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks, Paul. We'll talk to you later. Take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.